people want more democracy, not less. It's time to talk progressive politics and practical solutions with Joy Silver. Outspoken from Radio 111. Now, here's Joy. Listeners everywhere, we know that November 2022 is going to be a critical time. We are looking and seeking to hold the House and win the Senate. I'd like to see us become even more of a majority in the House. That would be fabulous. And today we have a great show here about Women's Wave 2022 and talking about marching towards that feminist future. Um, We have Christelle Reyna, president and founder of Latina Influence, Dare to Empower, and membership chair of Riverside County National Organization of Women. She is a certified human rights consultant from the U.S. Institute of Diplomacy and Human Rights. And in 2014, her son Joshua, they co-founded the Dare to Empower Foundation in response to her son's traumatic teen bullying experiences. Uh, I would say the entire country has gone through a bullying experience. She is an active feminist, attended the Women's Conference 2022 in Houston, where I got to meet her, and was a featured speaker at the Bands Off Our Bodies rally in Riverside, California. Welcome, my friend. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here, too. And I I would love to hear more about everything you do. I don't know if the show's long enough to hear about all of those things. But <laughs> first, before we start, I would love to hear more. And as I know, our listeners would also love to hear a little more about your background. Absolutely. Well, I am a Riverside native. I'm also a graduate of Cal Poly Pomona University. I'm a certified youth resilience life coach, and I work with thousands of students from different school districts throughout Southern California. And I'm teaching skills on how they can overcome challenges. There is a huge problem with teen suicide and I'm out there trying to do my best to help bring the proper assistance to these uh, children who need that support. I'm also a huge activist. Um, I'm out there fighting for women's rights, LGBTQ rights, and um, immigration rights. I'm very active in the community, and I am uh, putting a lot of effort behind quite a few candidates in the Southern California area who uh, share in my values, and I'm encouraging others to do the same. Mm -hmm. And right now we're doing a big push for voter registration because November is coming pretty quick here, and we need to make sure that the right people are in office to bring about the changes that we need to see happen. Wow. Well, you're quite a busy woman, and I guess it takes one, I to, am. Takes one to know one, I think. This is how <laughs> right? we, certainly, yes, this is how we connected for sure. I know I've heard about you for a long time and was really happy to be able to meet you in person at the Women's Conference in Houston. That was quite a thing. The founder of Latina Influence. Tell me about that, and yes. also tell me, let's start there, because there's so many things okay, that I want to talk absolutely. to you about. absolutely. Well, I started that back when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the first Hispanic uh, beauty queens in Miss Riverside um, back in the 90s, and it was through my platform as Miss Riverside that I made it my goal to go into underrepresented communities and pull 
out my fellow Latinas who have grown up in households where they were told that our place was in the home and Mm. bearing children and you know we're not supposed to be heard we're just supposed to sit there and look pretty well I wasn't raised in that type of a household I Uh have a very strong (laughs) outspoken mother and um, I I was the same way very early on so I wanted to get out there and help people find their voice and help them and encourage them to be heard Mm -hmm. so The Latina influence came from that, and it was my community work where I took that platform and I spread my wings and took it throughout Southern California. And I was just out there really encouraging people to express themselves however they saw fit. Get out there and express yourself. Be heard, be known, and leave your mark in society. I want to talk a little bit about the influence of your mother for a minute. Oftentimes... Guests here on Outspoken, when I ask that question about family life, I often hear that mothers have a great influence on people who are activists, whether they're male or female. And the interesting mm-hmm. thing is, and this seems to be uh, thematic, it's certainly thematic in my own life, here we have a strong mother, but somehow they had to deal with oppression and suppression, and oftentimes through the people they were married to, but they took their dreams and they moved them to their daughters and their children and their sons. So first of all, let's talk about your mom and how she became uh, as strong as she was. What was it in her life and how did you share that? How did she share that vision with you? My mother um, had a very troubling childhood. Her mother walked out of her and her siblings' lives when uh, my mom was three years old. Mm. And my mom was forced to live from house to house with whatever family member would take them in at the time, lived with hand-me-downs, lived not really feeling wanted, heard, or seen. Mm -hmm. So as she went into high school, She had different teachers take her under their wing and helped to develop her and her voice, helped her to find her voice. Mm -hmm. It was in high school when she met my father, and my grandparents were very active in the community at the time, and they took my mom as like an adopted daughter and poured into her. So my mom became involved in a beauty pageant also. That's how I stepped into it also. Uh-huh. Um, and she did uh, public speaking work. And it was through that she was able to find her voice. When she married my father, he was very supportive of her being out there active and vocal. And, you know, him coming from uh, parents that were the same way. Mm-hmm. So it's it's in our bloodline that this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So um, my mom was able to find her voice and was very active in her community in East Los Angeles and was out there demonstrating to others that where you come from doesn't have to be your identity. It doesn't have to be derived from just that. Mm-hmm. You can change your future, mm-hmm. but it takes work and it takes effort. And there's people out in the community who care enough to help you with that. You just have to express that you want that help and go out there and you'll come together with those people. What you've done and what I often hear, again, I'm going to say this seems to be people who are interested in seeing change. Many people 
who have that experience say they're never going to be poor again or they don't have to mm. you know they they're not uh, necessarily their their past is not an indicator of their future but they don't think about bringing others with them through that change they think yeah. about gaining power on their own so that they have a power over others and are basically concerned with what happens to simply themselves. Now, this is not where you're coming from at all. I mean, here you're doing Latina influence and then you have Dare to Empower, you're you're a political Mm -hmm. activist and advocate. So not Mm -hmm. only are you talking and being a voice for yourself, but you're seeking and organizing to lift others as well. And I think that's really... And lift them. And lift them as well. And that's a very... That's very different, in, particularly in this time where we see the lifting of some, but not all. And that yes. is the real difference in the real line from the extreme right, from my perspective, towards uh, those who want to defend democracy and bring all of us to have the equal opportunities. Not everybody will avail themselves of opportunities that come by. Not everybody has mm-hmm. the same skill or abilities, but the opportunities to be there, this seems to be what we're all fighting for in terms of equity. Absolutely. Tell me about Dare to Empower. What what moved you to that place in order to create that organization? Yes. So um, my oldest son, Joshua, when he was in junior high school, he came to me and he, he had stated to me that he was gay. And along with that came issues with other students in school that were bullying him because what they would say was that boys shouldn't be dancers. My son's a professional dancer and has danced with many, many big artists. Mm-hmm. But they, they attacked that. But then it broke down into it was more about because he was gay. Ah. So when he came to me, it was the day was horrible it happened to be his birthday Mm -hmm. and i got a call from the school that my son was in the front office in the corner of the principal's office in the corner on the floor balled up crying at lunchtime a couple of the students who had been harassing him had taken him and grabbed him and dumped him into a trash can and then dumped their school lunches on top of him That was the breaking point for my son. Mm -hmm. So um, when I got the call, I don't even remember how I made it from my office to the school. Everything was just like a blur. All I could think about was getting to my child. And when I walked in and I saw my son on the floor, that was the end Mm -hmm. for me. That was, I was enough, you know, enough, enough. Mm -hmm. And it was actually right there in the principal's office when he told me that he was gay. Mm But I already knew. Of course. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. in my heart, I knew he's my child. Right, of course. So I was like, okay, you know, baby, none of that matters to me. What matters is you matter, and all these people here are going to know that you matter. That was the moment that uh, that that whole school knew who I was, and before you know it, the whole school district knew who I was. Well, they really heard your voice then, huh? (laughs) Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Because Mm -hmm. in my heart, I thought, well, you know what, if my child is going through this, there are other Mm -hmm. students, children, Mm -hmm. who are having to deal with this. And this is not okay. This is absolutely not okay. So being 
who I am as a mom. I've always been the one who my house is open to everyone. There is you. You will always have somewhere you can come to have a hot meal. I don't care what the circumstances is. This is a, a safe zone. And we started to talk to other students about bullying issues that they were having. And what I found was <laughs> there were quite a few and quite a few parents who were also dealing with the same emotions I was about their children. Mm-hmm. And safety was an issue. And the school was just poo-pooing it away as kids will be kids. Mm. So what we did, my son and I, we decided that we were going to speak out. And we decided because we both have entertainment background, he, he was aspiring to be a dancer. And I said, you know what, we're going to show these kids what your dancing is all about. Right. We're going we're gonna to shut them down. So we put together a production, a concert-style production, and by this point, Joshua was already performing with some major artists, and Lady Gaga at the time uh, was one of the people that he was working with. Mm -hmm. And we were able to gain support of these artists to put forth videotaped messages, and we put a concert-style assembly program together for his school. We engaged other students who were having trouble with bullying to share their stories. So when we did this, we caught the attention of many, many people and parents and community members and politicians who were like, wow, this is really a problem. Mm -hmm. Well, we touched a lot of students through that first production to see their classmates come come out onto an empty stage and talk about the hurts and the pains. When you looked out into the audience, you could see the impact of these other students who had been silent mm-hmm. and silently dealing with the pain of bullying. And it was through that that we ended up getting calls from other school districts who heard about this assembly that we did and asked us to bring the assembly to their school. So... From that, Dare to Empower. And there um, we go. That put that, put that on the map. And we ran with it from there. Where was this school? Up in the high desert in Victorville. Mm. We used to live up in, in the high desert when my children were younger. Mm-hmm. And my boy is a graduate of Silverado High School mm-hmm. in Victorville. Mm-hmm. And Mesa Linda is where he went to middle school. And that's where the, the trauma first started was there at Mesa Linda. And um, we have gone back many times over since he's graduated to perform and share his story. And, you know, it's on a much bigger platform because now we're traveling on a national platform to perform. In fact, uh, Joshua just came back from Georgia, Atlanta. Last week, he was out there sharing our message. We do it as a concert-style production. I want to say, and this show often focuses on culture and musical activism and how it helps mm-hmm. move move the culture forward. And so I, it's not yes. surprising, uh, the story. I, I think Lady Gaga, it's funny you mention her, but she really pushed the envelope even further uh, to be inclusive in her way and kind of break the box of how people saw things and how people see the rights of people. And I didn't know as deeply how much uh, 
of the showbiz world that your family was involved in. But I see that this is mm-hmm. a, a, a pattern for reaching as many people as possible. It is the way that culture gets seeded for change, that's for sure, because we are talking more about the election moment and time, too. And I mm-hmm. know that you're the chair of the membership committee of uh, Riverside County Women's uh, Now. What do you see are the critical issues in the election? Mm. Number one, reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Definitely reproductive rights. With the decision um, that came down a few months back, mm-hmm. restricting the access to abortion mm-hmm. and uh, you know reproductive rights, that's huge. Uh, huge for men and women. Well, you have your oh. you have your ear to the ground with the teenagers. Are you seeing a mm. resurgence or are you seeing a surge of political interest because of this issue at that level as well? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I am seeing young women come out of the woodworks wanting to get out there and be vocal and share their thoughts and opinions because this is affecting them. Yes. Those of us that are past our childbearing years Yes, we are impacted by it, but it's the younger generation mm-hmm. that are really having their hands handcuffed mm-hmm. and the limitations placed on them. And women are mad. These yeah. young women are mad. Yeah. And they are stepping up to the calling to get out there and be vocal. And they want to be in places where decisions are being made. They want to be asked to come to the table. And even if they're not asked, guess what? They're going to pull up a chair anyway. That's Shirley Shirley Chisholm said. They don't give you a seat. You bring a folding chair. That's exactly what she said. So that that is so true. Where are you focusing your energy locally and nationally at this time? So right now I am working on a lot of the college campuses, registering students for uh, to vote. And at the high school level, we are encouraging those as under 16 to get registered. So when they turn 18 and are eligible to vote, they can put that vote out there. But we're working on the registration and also helping to bridge the gap from registration to getting them actually in there to vote. Mm-hmm. With the ballots coming out, we're you know really pushing that you know look at look out in your mail. Your ballots are coming. So that people are eyes wide open and ready to go. Also, I'm doing a lot of discussion about other areas where they can be writing to the decision makers and, you know, getting behind candidates that are supportive of women's rights. I don't know how much you know about my personal story. I am a rape survivor. Mm. And I've been personally impacted by reproductive, the reproductive rights. When I was 19 years old, I uh, was raped and I became pregnant by the rapist. And I, at that time, didn't know which way was up. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that it was through the people at Planned Parenthood who helped me to seek the services that I needed. They were there to support me. And once I made a decision for which direction I wanted to go, what was right for me, because what's right for me may not be right for everyone else. Mm -hmm. But I had an an option, something that other women don't have. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, with everything changing, 
if I didn't have that option at the time, I don't know that I would actually be sitting here having this discussion with you. Well, that's that's a, how devastating it was for me. This is very important you know? uh, because you mentioned about women who are past childbearing age and why we mm-hmm. stand up. I will say to you that, and I'm I'm sorry to hear about your rape and and, and what you went through with that. And I will tell you the um, the in any given situation, and I remember having a rally in which. We asked any woman who had not been through some kind of sexual assault to please step forward, and there was nobody stepped forward. Right. So it's from the yeah. very violent, uh, very violent situation to assault to all the way to name calling mm-hmm. or fear, whatever it is. I think the men that were at the rally, and oftentimes they are surprised to know that that's what women's lives are like. Yeah. We're always on the lookout. We have always, we have yeah. all of us have experienced those moments, if not full on rape as you yourself have. And so, why do we stand up for other women? Well, because we know where we fit in. We know what happened yeah. to us. We know what it would have been like had we not had the help in that particular time period. And those of us who did not have that help, especially when abortion was illegal, the stories are just horrible, horrible stories. And sometimes women are brave enough to come forward and speak about the time period. So you think you're focusing on, uh, we, we could not do without you, my friend. We could not do without okay. you. And when those fights are taking place, well, you know, I know that you and I will be marching forward to that feminist future. Um, Christelle, where can they Absolutely. find you and join some of the things that you're doing? How, how does the audience find you? Well, they can find me online. I'm at uh, www.dare2empower.com. And um, if they visit that website, they're going to see a lot of the upcoming events that we'll be appearing at. And there's a place on there where they can sign up to join marches as we put together rallies and marches and volunteer. And there's also a place on there where they can go, they can click the link to work with me one-on-one with coaching. Mm-hmm. So I do resilience coaching. So if somebody is struggling, they can reach out to me and I can help get them through it. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today. And I'm Joy Silver with Outspoken on Radio 111. November 2022 is coming up. Remember, your vote is your voice. Your voice is your vote. So stand up, fight back, because this is what democracy looks and sounds like. Thank you.